then all of a sudden you're just like watching, I don't know, dogs play water polo or something like that. Love those YouTube Uh, rabbit holes. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dave. Thanks for joining Bob and I for our podcast, Thriving in Dystopia. And even though we always try and be professionals, sometimes we swear. So just know that going in. We're on. Good to be back in the station with you, Dave. This is a big moment for thriving in dystopia. Dave, do you know what number episode this is for us? Uh, 40, I believe. Am That's I wrong? Correct. It's the big 4-0. Dang. Then we're kind of cranking through them, huh? That's right. One per week. It just seems like we're going to make it. After all, (laughs) we put a goal (laughs) of doing three of them and we made it. That was, was that our original goal? Just let's get three done and see what happens. Yeah. That seems like, seems like what we would have tried. Yeah. That's what you you said. You're like, Bob, let's get three done. Let's throw them out there and then let's see what happens. Nice. Yeah. Have you been enjoying this season so far, Bob? Yeah, I think so. I, as you know, am the lead intern on the show notes, so I get to listen to every episode, (laughs) and they're pretty good. Yeah, I like where we're going. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know if we're going to get there, though. Yeah, I don't know. You know, we are already, this is episode six of the season, and- Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I might be getting that confused. Oh. It's either five or six. Did you, did you think it was five? Um, uh, I just have no idea where we are, to be honest. I've just been cranking them out, yep. you know? Yep. <laughs> well, we've confused ourselves. We're at least halfway through the season, maybe more than halfway. And today we're going to spice it up a little bit. We're actually going to shift gears. And we are going to continue with the avoidance theme, but we're going to do it in the, the intro right now. And, you know, our mom gave us a little bit of feedback. Oh, she, she said say? that she listened to one of our sibling podcasts, uh, sibling in quotes, oh, yeah. my brother, my brother and me. And she, she, she's not a fan. I don't think she's going to go back for episode two. <laughs> And there, her her opinion <laughs> yeah. was there was a little bit too much beating around the bush, chat, chat, chatting at the beginning. So we bet we better get into some meat and potatoes early, but then we're going to shift to maybe some banana cream pie, some yeah. chat, chat, chat. Yeah, just get right yeah. into some dessert. So love it. The chat, chat, chat will be framed by an avoidance theme, and for this week, um. Love it, Dave, if you could just talk about this idea of procrastination and any thoughts you have for it. And yeah, throw it over to you, Dave, and in your neck of the woods. Yeah, I ended up watching. Do you ever go down those YouTube loops, Bob, where you click on one thing and then the algorithm says, oh, you would enjoy this, and you just click on that. And then all of a sudden, you're just like watching. I don't know, dogs play water polo or something like that. Love those YouTube Uh, rabbit holes. Yeah. 
And over winter break, I went down one of those rabbit holes and saw this TED Talk by a guy named uh, Tim Urban. And he did a TED Talk on procrastination. And it was kind of one of those like, you know, I bet Tim Urban has done some stand-up comedy. Let's just put it that way. Um, but the theme came up again, uh, with Brene Brown, uh, at some point she was talking about procrastination and I feel like there's just this like huge negative, like spotlight on procrastination and the idea being that like, if you have a week to do your work, you should do like your research on day one, on day two, you should write your rough draft on day three, you should edit it. On day four, you should like take the day off. Day five, look at it again. And then, you know, you have two days of wiggle room or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? But I feel like so many of us end up like, you know, day one, we end up playing video games. Day two, we go on a run. Day three, we end up going out to the movies and getting drunk or something <laughs> Man, like that. What, what and then, you, you know, living, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, none of that, none of that has happened at all recently. Let's just put it day that five, way. <laughs> fly to Vegas, day six. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, and here we are. It's like, how many times have you sat down like the night before your paper was due? Or like, I don't know, we, we all procrastinate. Even Helen Maisler, you know, even the best of us end up procrastinating at some point. And I feel like, there is a piece of me, and this is what Brene Brown was saying, that she kind of like has the idea on the back burner and she like ruminates on it for day one through six, you know? And by the time day seven comes, that like added pressure of it having to get done, like takes all that like rumination in the back of her mind and forces it forward. And then all of a sudden it becomes like she's like ready to do the work. And I don't know. I kind of think that there's a piece of me that feels that way too, where we, I, I tend to be the type of person that doesn't procrastinate very often, but I feel like when I do end up procrastinating, my work doesn't get worse. It gets, sometimes it gets better. And sometimes it just gets like incredible how much work I can get done when I have a fire lit under my ass, you know? Um, yeah. And there's no like real thought beyond that, but I just wanted to put that out there and see what you want to pick up on. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's a juicy one. I I could take this a few different directions. And the first one is it's, you know, we're, we're in our thirties, right? So we, we know each other. We know, sorry, we know ourselves better than we did in our twenties and our teens. You know, we, we can see the patterns of our, how we operate. Like, how, you know, how does Bob do, I can ask myself, how does Bob do this? You know? And, and so I can look and I'm like, wow, like I do really good work the day before a thing is due. And if I'm honest with myself, that's, that's just, I can see that, that, you know, if we're, if we're taking a page from Dorktown SB Nation and, plotting our charts, you know, it's like, oh, wow, like I do like 80% of my work the day before. And it's, and then it's like, I can think, is, is that work quality? And I'm like, yeah, it is. Cause I'm pretty, I'm pretty turned on, you know, 
And so that's just good, good information to know that that's where, you know, where my work comes. And I think that's helpful to dissipate some of the anxiety that comes with like, oh shit, I haven't done my work yet. Um, but just knowing like, well, you know, I haven't done it because that's the way I operate and I'm probably going to do it pretty well when I have to. So I think that's good. Or like, that's like what you're saying is, um, supports that knowing ourselves. I guess the other part of it is like the, the, the idea of a deadline and how that is a very strong construct in our society. Where the, where does that come from? It feels like very much around like productivity and scheduling and even at a deeper level, the concept of time and just seems like such a Western construct of, of the deadline. Um, at least the way that we operate around deadlines and how we think about deadlines. Also that word deadline is interesting, but, um, all this is to say that, yeah, I think we can very much deconstruct this idea of procrastination. It is very negative in connotation. Um, I wonder if there's like a similar word, but that like is very positive. Like, you know, what would be the reverse? Like this person, like you said around Brene Brown, like holding in, in the back of your mind. And I do think that's important, you know, that you put it in the back of your mind to marinate because that does do something over yeah. the course of a couple of days. That's not like useless. It, it's good to like, you wouldn't want to just like go in the day before and then be like, shit, I need ideas. But rather when you put it back there, you do start to percolate ideas. Um, so I, I like that a lot. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. like something like I'm going to slow cook this week and then crank out the cooking at the end. I don't know. Something like that. That's positive. But yeah, does anything come? to mind for you around a positive flipping of this? Yeah, I guess I had a question for you. Um, and the question is, is it possible to fool yourself? Have you ever tried that technique of like creating a false deadline? Meaning, or maybe even you've given, you've gotten a false deadline and like it's been like you ended up getting like an extra week to work on the stuff and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I got that extra week. Never was going to get this done. Yada, yada, yada. But I feel like that to me has never worked for myself to like, be like, okay, I'm going to treat this like it's due on Friday. And so like, I have to get it done. Um, I just can't lie to myself like that. Anyway, I was just curious if you are able to use that as a technique for, Avoiding procrastination a little bit. Um, I guess I kind of try to do that. Like if it's something's like really important, I will set a earlier date, you know, like I got to get something done here so that when it blows up that I'll have three days and it, I don't have, you know, like if it's like a really big thing, I want to do it like three days beforehand. And it does work for me partially. It has like some help. But because I, I do still know that the, the master deadline is later, then I'm going to, I won't work as hard for that artificial deadline. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, maybe that's just it. Maybe we just need to flip the script because I don't, I feel like some people are kind of built into procrastinating and some people, they just, you know, I mean, and most people like understand that, like we've all been under the, like under the gun a little bit. And I feel like we need to just like kind of flip the script and feel like maybe that's just how it needs to be. And we need to like realize that the, some of our best work is going to get done that way. Yeah. For me, I think that, yeah, I think like uh, it's, it's just complex and the word procrastination is too negative and it does paint the whole situation in, in one negative light. And I would like to paint in a few different colors, you know, where sometimes procrastination really, yeah, doesn't hurt, doesn't help a person, but other times like it's not the end of the world. And so, yeah, I like making it more complex and I appreciate that, that prompt Dave. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get on to avoiding avoidance, Bob, and get into what we really want to get after this week, which is taking a break and chilling out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That we love we love the season, we love the work, but we'd love to also you know, put that off and enjoy the time because it is heavy talking about themes of avoidance are very heavy. And so we wanted to bring in a little thing we did in season two or three, where we brought in some music to the show, probably violated copyright laws in some ways. Uh, But yeah, we want to come (laughs) back to that Dave and just play some music or talk about some music with each other that has been inspiring or enjoyable for us recently and yeah nice i it's funny you texted me this morning and you said i kind of like just don't want to talk about avoidance today and i was like oh that's interesting i had been thinking about music a lot recently and yeah i just wanted to like put music into the show this week so i was curious why what was on your mind for not wanting to talk about avoidance? Yeah, I think just what I mentioned that it's heavy and um, requires uh, or just elicits quite a lot of deeper thinking, which I certainly appreciate and I think is really important, um, but could use a little space as well. Um, maybe just for the ideas to percolate a little bit more. And also, I'm not sure I could be wrong, but I don't know if we had like a specific show topic for today. And it's good to Mm. have a a few days with the show topic before launching into it for me. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Well, let's do it. Let's shift those gears. And yeah, I think you're going to start us off. We don't really have a framework. Last time when we talked about music, we sort of thought about it in terms of the past, present, and future. And we talked a lot about what music does, but I don't know. I think we'll just see what comes up as we talk about music. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to let you get us, get us into it, Bob. Awesome, Dave. Cool. So I'm going to start with this song that is 
kind of, you know, surprised I hadn't heard of it before. It's an older song. It's a song from the 1980s, very much in the era of new wave and just came on like one of those Spotify stations where I was playing some song and it came to this. I'm like, wow, that's a great song. I'm loving this song. I played it on a rainy day for my class. I like to lead in my Zoom classes, which is like a title slide and a song playing for the first couple of minutes while people are showing up. And I played this one on a rainy day and it it felt perfect. And a number of my students mentioned in the chat that they were digging the song and they wanted to look it up. So the song is called Shouldn't Have to Be Like That by the band Fra Lippo Lippy. So I'll let I'll let it play right now and then talk about it. So bring in that music, Nadir.
never heard this song before bob but i do think that it suits you a lot and yeah tell me what you think about it or what you know about the band the band is they're scandinavian um i can't remember if it's like norwegian they might be norwegian and that reminds me of the band aha you know take on me and very similar period of new wave music and it also kind of reminds me of that other band. Um, oh, I can forget the name of them right now, but they're a German band. They have that song in the Napoleon Dynamite soundtrack, you know, the like what that is playing during the prom scene. Do you remember that song? No, is the song. No, I don't know. I'll look it up, though. I'll find it out. Yeah, I don't know this. I yeah, I don't know exactly what you're talking about or what the oh, band yeah. is. So, okay, Dave. But that's pretty the, funny. The, the, this other song, the one that's in Napoleon Dynamite, is "Forever Young" by Alphaville. You remember that song? Oh. Yeah, oh, of course. So yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of that song too. So it's like all of this is to say, like, okay, European new wave, um, all singing in English. You know, like for the English American market. Um, in the early eighties, mid eighties, um, but producing some great, great synth new wave hits, um, some classics and just curious about that. You know, I lived in Germany for two years and I, the, these bands are like Alphaville. There's a few band, German bands that sung in the, in English in the eighties. I think the only real big band to make it was Scorp- the Scorpions, you know, rock you like a hurricane. Um, these other bands are kind of forgotten um but it just puts me there because i i would love to have lived in germany in the 1980s uh i guess west germany east germany i'm not sure uh it it would it would make a huge difference obviously because they were enemies at the time um but yeah that that's that's what's brought up for me yeah i think i'm gonna build off what you were just saying a little bit babo because i have a band that just suit you and i heard i've heard of this band and i've listened to them but i just feel like you probably haven't been exposed to them too much and it is another european band that is in the the synth pop genre so they're not new wave because they haven't been a band for much more than like five years nice and the band is called Churches, and it's spelled with a little V in the middle um, rather than a U. So, you know, it kind of looks like Chiverches or whatever. But the song that I'm going to play is kind of their U.S. breakout hit, and it is called The Mother We Share. And I kind of enjoy that as a song to play on this show because you and I both share mother. So let's cue that one up.
Perfect, Dave. My God, love that song. Sounded vaguely familiar, but I don't, I don't think I really know it. Yeah. How, how about for you? What does it do for you? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, churches as a band, they kind of, like, basically every song is just a banger, you know? Like, they nail it more or less every time that you listen to them, and it's, there's not, like, a whole lot of divergence from, like, the synth pop pop or the indie pop or you know they're just like really like right on every time you know what i mean and i have been listening to the album every open eye which is their second album and i think that that one is their best album as most albums tend to be the sophomore album tends to be the one that you want to go to you know but that does seem i don't right. know maybe I, i'm I wrong about that yeah. And I I do enjoy this band. They're from Glasgow in Scotland and I feel like I think that's just three of them. Um the the main person her name is Lauren Mayberry and she was kind of an add-on. They were doing all kinds of music and they brought her on to sort of sing backup, but then she like just nailed it and they were like, "Okay, yeah, I think we got something here." And yeah, that just like the synthesizer just like adds such a unique feel and it takes you back to a time that you know, especially because it's like, you know, churches was formed in 2011 and you kind of think about when you look back in music, you kind of look back about 30 years when you're like and or I mean that's like the cyclical nature, right? Like the generational nature. You know, like Back to the Future was made in the 80s and it you know, you look back to the fifties. Um, and I feel like that's like something that happens a lot. You look back about 30 years because you look back to the, a time that was like a better time, you know? And I feel like it's that, that hit, you know, when you're looking back and you're like, Oh yeah, let's look back to this synth pop. And it's like, dang, we got a lot of great stuff that's coming up, you know, that built off, off the, the people that came before them. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Like as we have right now, we have the the 2020s is already like all about looking back to the 90s, you know, and thinking about like like the Visco Girl and Scrunchies and yesterday or not yesterday, but like last week of 
fifth grader came up to me and they're like, Hey, check it out. I got my, uh, I can't remember what the name is. It, it's like a Tamaguchi. It's a digital like pet from the 1990s. And I was like, Tamaguchi. And it's like, yeah, they just came out with these things. I'm like, man, those were like such a nineties fad. And it's so funny that they're like back for elementary school kids to like take care of this digital pet, you know? Um, anyway, that's all a digression, but I, I think that you got to be listening to more churches, Bob, because that is a band that is built for you. Thank you, you know? Dave. Love it. In some Scottish laboratory, they they built me a band. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dave. I'll pivot back to the United States with my next selection. And again, this is a song that just came on through Spotify. So I have to thank Spotify <laughs> for giving me new music. Um, I, I'm, again, shocked that I didn't know this song because it's a band that I love. It's actually a hip-hop group. And just like, how did I not know this song? And then like the whole album is amazing. And I didn't know the album either. So this song is called Level It Up by the Oakland-based hip-hop group The Coup. And it's from their 2018 album, the soundtrack for Sorry to Bother You, the movie. So here it is. Yeah. 
Dang. Loving it. Yeah, that's another one that I just have no never heard either. And I know that you're a big Koo fan. We did we see them perform live in Denver at one point? We did. I think the first time we ever knew about them was they opened for Rage Against the Machine in 2008 at the Rock mm-hmm. the DNC back then. Right. Yep. And I, I, I've seen them in Santa Cruz. I, I don't think I ever saw them in Boulder. Yeah. And who is their, who's like their front person? Boots Riley, who is the writer oh, and yeah. director of the movie. Sorry to bother you. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah. So this... Yeah, this song, Level It Up, is off the soundtrack, and I like, I remember it from the movie, and I remember a number of these songs from that movie, um, and I just like started listening to this album, and it's, it's, every song is amazing, and it's so good. It's like, not really, like, I guess it's a movie soundtrack, but it could totally be its own album without a movie, and my friend who knows the coup told me that like they were making these two separate things that they brought together. Um, the movie it's boots, first movie director directing and writing. I mean, he's like in the hip hop world. So the fact that he crossed over and wrote and directed a movie is kind of mind blowing. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't yet, but I saw a trailer for it recently again. And I was like, Oh yeah, gotta, Got to get after that. And I think Dave Harris mentioned that one, if I'm not mistaken, at one point. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, it's a must-see and just amazing that Boots could cross over that way. And anyway, so because my friend told me that because the movie made it so big and was a surprise, the CD, the album, did not get publicized. It didn't get, like, really any publicity. And it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, which is really weird, you know, like a... A big band with this new music has no Wikipedia page. So it's, it's so hidden. I've, I've asked, like I posted on Facebook to see if anyone had heard about it. And only my friend who knows the coup personally had heard about it. Other hip hop friends had not. So it's, it's truly like a hidden treasure right now. Um, so yeah, finding it. I love it. It's like funk based hip hop, um, with a real sharp political message. There's a lyric about Aaron Neville it up in there, and I I love that lyric. I don't really know what it means. I think it means like do better, like keep on doing better in the world, like and look at Aaron Neville, like be like Aaron Neville. Um, and I I like Aaron Neville, so that's good. Anyways, who knows what Boots means by that? But it gives me energy this song, Wait, Aaron, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's Aaron Neville me up. Or the line is uh, Aaron Neville level it, it up. up. Something, something, Aaron Neville it up. Like, so it obviously rhymes with level it up, but it's also like, yeah. like a leveling up like Aaron Neville. Yep. That's great. Aaron Neville. I, I love uh, the yeah. way he sings. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, actually, what I really love is the way uh, Chris Turk, Donald Faison's character on Scrubs, uh, does an impersonation of Aaron Neville. So you'll have to link that in the show, <laughs> show notes. It up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause you got to just check that one out. That will just get you, get you tickled pink a little bit. Sweet Bobo. Yeah. Thanks for that one. Yeah. I am going to go down a path of a band that like, I sort of got super into for a few weeks and then I just kind of, or not a few weeks, like maybe a year or two. And then I just like forgot about them. And there is, there's this band 
well, I'll just play the song first. Um, the song is really, it's most important to think about it off the album, The Earth Is Not A Cold Dead Place. And the band is called Explosions In The Sky. And this song that I'm going to play is called The First Breath After Coma. But really, it's like the whole album as a whole. So take that one away.
Yes. I think I have heard this one, Dave. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is like from one of the classic Explosions in the Skies album from back in the day. Is that right? Yeah. Um, the Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place came out in 2003. And I feel like <sighs> this band, I don't know. So like they're kind of one of the things like the the whole album, it's like... 45 minutes long but it's only five tracks and there's not a single lyric on it so it's been used like you probably recognize it from something because like this song in particular has been used on like a million different things like car ads or instagram videos or who knows what it's just like one of those classic instrumental songs that people recognize and you don't even know from where you know yeah, I don't know how I first got tuned into Explosions in the Sky. It's probably an Ian, Ian Waller's throwback, you know what I mean? I feel like there was this moment of our lives where Ian Waller's was like just dishing us out all the good new music. And the old whalebone. <laughs> Let's get this podcast to whalebone. Yeah. Uh, if Pete Dalen could get this to Ian Waller's, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I bet that guy has like three or four kids, you know? <laughs> I bet if he if he listened to this episode, he would just be blowing up our Twitter account, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he'd also be like, what are you guys talking about? This he's always cutting edge with music. Um yeah, but this band, I don't know. It just like takes me back to a time where I used to just like to like back before we had smartphones and we were always walking around with our iPods on, you know, and it felt like when you were listening to explosions in the sky, everything felt a little more epic, yeah, you know, absolutely. and I just remember like walking around on my, on the college campus, see you Boulder and just like being like, dang, this is so cool. This is like exactly where I want to be. And it's just like, I don't know. It just feels like you're in your own movie soundtrack. And I think they really blew up. I mean, they're from Austin, Texas, right? Mm. So they're like South by Southwest, which is also how churches made it onto the American music scene. It's all like South by Southwest, which is probably where Ian Waller's got all his info anyways. you know. I would hope Ian um, is like uh, the executive director of South by Southwest by now. <laughs> yeah. Man, if not, they that's like a synergy that needed to happen yep. a while ago. But yeah, this... The band, um, well, they were also on Friday Night Lights. Do you remember oh, that TV right. show? And they were like, nice. They were they were like making the whole like feeling of like it's kind of cool because they're they're like a Texas band, and you know Friday Night. I'd never watched Friday Night Lights, so I really have no context. But I do remember the t- the movie Varsity Blues, so it's basically the same thing, yeah, right? It is. Yeah. Um, but it's like that epic feeling. So anyway. I just like got reminded of this band again recently from like who knows what some like TikTok or something probably but um yeah thought thought I'd kick it back and remind us of a simpler time you know thank you for that Davey yeah, I love that you introduced me to them and they are so unique and take me to a good place so yeah and that album oh, yeah I wonder if there's some connections with like some environmentalism or like some connectedness that you know that it feels like this very earthy music like almost the earth could create this music without humans so i like that aspect of their music yeah i will say too one of my favorite things to listen to these days is the lo-fi hip-hop music to study and relax to which is like (laughs) it's a youtube channel by chilled cow and i just like 
anyway, I'm always playing that in my classroom for like kids. And there's this like girl that's doing her homework. She's called like the lo-fi <laughs> hip hop girl. Anyways. Um, yeah. If you ever need some good study music and I feel like explosion, in the sky sort of paved the way for lo-fi hip hop music. It, Dave, Dave I'm, I, I got one more song. And I'm just like realizing I have like all these songs that I would love to play. Like, so I'm just going to name a few that I'm listening to, but not play them. Um, I want to name the song. Um, well, I'll start with that. Coming Now, Children, which is a song by Mahalia Jackson. And it's on the, the intro to the show that I talked about, about John Brown called The Good Lord Bird. That's a great song. Tons of good energy. And yeah, just a feel-good song. Another one that is uh, the, the, the album Dude Ranch, but played by this indie artist named Colleen Green. Uh, Dave, I think you'd love that. You'd <laughs> love that album. Um, cool. it's, uh, it, she, it's just a bass and her. And, but it's so good because it's so stripped down. Um, well, yeah. Cool. One more I, I need to get out was this song. Dave, do you know this song? Um, the artist Leon Haywood and the song, I want to do something freaky to you. Oh, like, I don't think there's a more the Andy song out there. Like this is the most Andy song ever. And it gets a funk song from the seventies, <laughs> nice. but it's actually the, like the beats from Dr. Dre and Snoop's something about a G thing, you know, like do, 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 do. Anyways, uh, those are all other things I'm listening yeah. to. Um, oh, so they ripped off his beat to make yeah, nothing exactly. but a G thing. Yeah, because Dre was very much into the like funk sounds of the 70s. Yeah, oh, I mean, that's kind of what the rap scene of the 90s was built on, you know, looking back at yep, 30 exactly years. Exactly right. There, there and, it is, the Dave Maisler thesis. Yeah, right. And you're just like, oh, yeah, that song, Leon Haywood, I want to do something freaky, came out in 75. I bet nothing but a G thing came out in like 95. I guess that's not not quite enough time, but you, you, you get, get me. me. Exactly. <laughs> nice, Dave. Um, and... Actually, you know, you and I talked about which, which songs we're going to do on this. So I, I don't know if I should do this next artist because you might also be doing the same artist. Oh, that's all right. That's, we, can, yeah? we can do it. Is up. that okay? I think we'll be doing different songs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So cool. my song is the song uh, Jesus Land by Ben Folds from the album Songs for Silverman. And yeah, I'm just going to play the song Jesus Land and then I'll, I'll talk about why I'm playing it. So play it away. Take a walk Out the gate you're going now 
Yeah. Love it, Bob. An yeah. old favorite, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I picked this because I'm often doing research on, as we talked about last week, like far right white supremacy. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of thinking about like rural white places in the United States. Um, and, you know, actually, here's something. Here's something interesting to chew on. It's that Trump's base is not uh, working class whites. It's actually middle class and upper class whites. And I think the media has got that wrong because it's, it's you, know, you know, that idea of white trash, it's easy to compare that to, to Trump. But if you look at some of the mm-hmm. voting um, amongst white people, it's working class white people that actually diverge, that vote most against him. Um, so anyways... Um, yeah, hmm. that's interesting, huh? Like it breaks stereotypes and in the show notes, I could show some, some references for that. Um, but anyways, in thinking about rural white places, I had to play Jesus land, right? Because it just Ben folds, you know, 20 years ago, 
talking about the religiosity of rural America. And I think he was really put off by it, right? And I think he grew up in the South, so he knew it probably pretty well. Um, But yeah, I think he was put off by like the fundamentalism. But I don't know, there's also kind of a sweetness in the song too. You know, it's like, it's kind of a nice song and it's not negative. It's like, it's very heartfelt. Um, Like it's Ben Fold's, um americana song right like simon and garfunkel have like right. across what's that song like traveling across america america this is ben fold's kind of version yeah. of that anyways so I, right. I thought that was all just interesting and i've been thinking about it and i know it's a song that uh you know pretty well as well um i can't remember if you introduced me to this album or vice versa but we used to listen to it back in the day yeah i I think probably the whole reason why we're doing this music episode is because about a month ago, you told me to listen to another Ben Fold song called Give Judy My Notice, which I think is probably off songs for Solomon as well. It might be another album. Yeah. And I listened to that and then I, you know, just felt like listening to Ben Fold because it is like such a piece of nostalgia to me. We, I first found out about Ben Fold's like my senior year of high school, he was one of the first concerts I went to a long, long time ago. And he is just like such a performer. It's so much fun to watch him perform. It's just him and a piano, but he like is just so good. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe like what a good piano man can do, but it's, he is that, you know, he just like could play any song that you wanted. He can make up a song on the spot and, yeah. Anyway, we got really into Ben Folds, me and the Rattlesnake crew back in high school. And yeah, and that was like right when he, Ben Folds was going from Ben Folds 5 to his solo work. And I feel, I yeah, the song I was going to play by Ben Folds, which is funny, was Rock in the Suburbs, which I feel like, I don't know. It's just like such a jokey song. And yeah. Maybe we'll use that as our outro this week rather than just playing it. Cause yeah, I don't know if we need too much Ben Folds in one week, but I feel like why not? And yeah, it just makes me think of, I don't know, like a, a time a long, long time ago when that's like 20 years ago at this point when Ben Fold, we got started to get into Ben Folds and you were living in Germany and we were flying. I remember I flew to visit you in Germany and I don't know, it was just a really formative part of my life. And yeah, sometimes I forget that he played such a big role in that and his music's so good. So yeah. Anyway, I appreciate what music can do and how it can transport us to all kinds of different spots. And sometimes it's like, it's like always so cool to like put you on like, Oh yeah, this new band that nobody's ever heard of that. Like, you know, there's only like one song that's worth listening to. Anyway, I kind of like that a lot of the bands that we talked about are like bigger bands that everyone's heard of, but it's like, it's nice to just like step back and listen to this music and just like get taken away by it a little bit. You know, it is. Yeah. I'm glad it takes you there. That was my hope take at you just like those those are some good days um and yeah i remember like my friends ryan and chris in germany introduced me to ben fold you got introduced in the states and then we both were like do you know this band yes do you know this band yes it'd be like oh my god amazing um yeah it really defined yeah. that that era 
Oh, what a great one, Bob. Well, I I think I hear the piano man singing us in, and I'm going to just sing us right there. Karl Marx in the sky. Michael Crichton can fly twice as high. Jurassic Park. And, oh, man, I always blow it there. <laughs> a, re- a dystopian rainbow. <laughs> Good, Dave. We got the Jurassic Park in one way, one how. Yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. We could actually like weave Jurassic Park in here more um, because you and I were talking about that as a dystopian rainbow read of the week. Maybe that's the read of the week, Jurassic Park. But I'm also, I felt like I had to talk about the movie of the week, which it, because I mentioned it in the songs, the movie Sorry to Bother You as a dystopia. Um, you know, I'll probably forget about it if I don't do it in this episode. So yeah, this, this movie written by Boots and, you know, Boots is just super radical. He identifies as like a socialist Marxist um, and brings that into all of his products or, you know, not products, that's the wrong word, all all of his like artworks. And um, so, yeah, the movie has a great critique of capitalism. It follows the lead character played by Lakeith Stanfield, who I just saw another movie with Lakeith Stanfield last night, which I recommend Judas and the Black Messiah about Fred Hampton. Um, so that's a must-see. Oh, nice. Anyways, back to Sorry to Bother You. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, he, he lives in Lo- Oakland. He's like out of work. His life's not really going anywhere. And he applies to work as a telemarketer. And oddly, like that changes his life around because. Danny Glover tells him, if you're, if you're going to like telemarket, you need to, you can't just sound like yourself as a black man. You have to like use your white voice in Danny Glover's words. And so he uses his white voice, which is hilarious. It's like, I think actually the white voice is voiceovered by David Cross of. <laughs> oh, really? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome yeah. too. Um, anyways. Yeah. And then it, it goes from there and it turns into like some science fiction. Um, when like, it seems like not a dystopia at all. It just seems like life in this country, living in a ra- racial capitalist regime, you know, having to sell out, um, the, the state protecting capitalist interests and corporations, all those, you know, things that are in our dystopia, but then it takes it into a science fiction direction towards the end, which is interesting. I'm not, I definitely am not going to name it. I don't know if I love that direction for it. That might be my only critique of it, like either to develop the science fiction more or like not use it. But otherwise the movie is brilliant and highly recommend it. Yeah. Great. It's been on my list for a while. So, and I think there's a little bit of a cameo by Lakeith in Get Out, right? He plays one of the, the like buddies of, I can't remember the main main dude's name. Yeah, he gets um anyway, like brought into that community and he try he he's the one who tries to tell Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya's character to get out. Right, exactly. There Daniel you go. Kaluuya who plays Fred Hampton. So, it's interesting they show up again. There you go. Yeah, they seem to be on the on the scene right yep. now, right? Yep. Sweet Bob. Well, I'll uh I'll Thank take you. us out. Thanks for 
Thanks for getting us that movie wreck. You can uh, always get after us on the Instagram at thriving underscore in underscore dystopia. Get us on bmaze19. Leave us a cryptic message a la James Lepret up there on the website thrivingindystopia.com. Or, um, oh yeah, email us, davepeachtree at gmail.com. Someday I'll get back to you, Noel Jordan. Someday. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Basler is a busy man. Those fourth graders just busy. Yeah. Dang. Anyhow, Bob, thanks for the music. All right, Dave. Well, that'll do us for this week. Been great. Been wonderful. All right. Love you, Bob. Love you, Dave.
gonna face You better look out because I'm gonna face